It's not quite the golden rule, but it is one of those rules that I know many of us have almost lived by. I know it's one of those rules that many of us have probably been able to uh, save a lot of time with, maybe even been prevented from having a lot of work put on our plate. You know the old rule that says, well, he or she that doesn't show up to the meeting is the one who gets signed up for whatever, right? So you better be at that meeting is the other part of the rule. Now, we don't do things like that here, right? We better not. But it's, it's an understood way. It's real easy, isn't it, for us to put responsibility, for us to put work on somebody who's not there. Because what are they going to say about it? <laughs> They're not there. We also realize that it's even easy to put blame on somebody that's not there. And you would think, with everything Job has had to endure, that a good sit-down, one-on-one with God, wouldn't be too much of a thing to ask for. I mean, give the man a break. But it doesn't seem at all like Job is going to get that chance to speak one-on-one with God. And even though he's had to put up with his ridiculing wife, even though you can tell he's being irritated and frustrated by these friends with all of their thoughts, the brunt of Job's frustration, anger even, and his inquiry are at the one who hasn't shown So much of Job's emotional energy is directed toward God. Because in Job's mind, where's God? God could have been here. God should have been here. Now what's interesting about that is that everybody in the story, you read it, I hope you've been reading it through. If you haven't already, go for it again. It doesn't appear at all like anyone is expecting God to really say anything. Job's friends... Why would they expect God to show up for Job? Job, who do you think you are? Why would would you deserve a divine audience? And certainly Job himself feels like God is in hiding, that God has no willingness. If so, maybe God would have already done it by now. So nobody in the story is expecting God to show up. But after 37 chapters, God, It was the prophet Nahum, speaking of God's power and wrath, that told us in his first chapter of his book that God's way is in the whirlwind and the storm. In Job's story, that whirlwind shows up. And in Job, we've heard of God in the heavenly realm. We've heard of the angels and the messengers coming before God, wherever God is. And now that heavenly realm has come down to earth. And that even though Job thought God was far away, never willing to come and speak to him, now in the world when God is right in front of Job's eyes. Mm. Now to be sure about these 37 chapters, Job hasn't said anything in six chapters. The very end of chapter 31 is a really funny line. It says, well, these are the end of Job's words. And the next six chapters are Job's friends talking about the greatness and the power of God. Almost to suggest that God isn't 
saying, oh, okay, Job, let me answer to you that God's time is God's time and not our time. Boy, am I tired of hearing that lesson. But God speaks in chapter 38. Now, in the book of Job, there are two names of God that we, that we recognize. And in English, it's hard to recognize it, so you have to, you have to do some study. But there are two names of God that appear. The first is the name Yahweh. The name Yahweh is that covenant name of God. It's that very meaningful name to God that even today there are so many of the Jewish uh, people who they will not even say that name because it is so holy, so sacred, so meaningful. In the Old Testament, whenever that word, the name Yahweh would come up, instead of saying it, they gave it another name. And they said Adonai, if you know that word. Adonai was a way of not saying that sacred word, that sacred name of God. There's another name of God that comes up in the book of Job, and that's El Shaddai. Maybe you know that name. I think it's, uh, we have the, hymn, the song in our hymnal, and that is God's name. It means God the Almighty. And this Almighty God in the book of Job is almost perceived as being this powerful yet distant almost detached being. Now, which one of those names do you think shows up in chapter 38? The very beginning of Job, when we're introduced to God in the heavenly realm, we're told that the the beings are coming to Yahweh. We're introduced to Yahweh. Then in chapter 3, once the friends start talking about God and how powerful God is, they only refer to God as El Shaddai, the Almighty. But in chapter 38, Yahweh shows up again. That personal God. That covenant God. That God that is not distant and not detached. Yahweh speaks to Job. And I hope you can understand and appreciate some of the significance that that is. That God knows you, everything about you, is willing to speak. Y'all with me? Okay, three of you are, that's okay. (laughs) Now God speaks, every sermon I've ever ever heard has always told me that God is willing to listen, that God is willing to hear, and God is willing to answer me when I pray. And I've been told and reminded that Jesus said something about ask, seek, and knock. And the door will be opened up to you. You ever heard that? Because God hears us when we pray. God wants to talk to us. Well, the whirlwind has arrived. We get to hear Yahweh's answer. We get to hear what Yahweh has to say. And if you think about Job's questions, boy, he's got so many questions about everything that's happened to him. He wants to know why bad things happen to good people and all these kinds of things. And now we get to hear what God's response is. And I don't know about you, but I want to hear what God has to say about all this stuff. I'm sure God has some great wisdom to give to all of us. Man, pretty early on in my pastoral career, uh, the bulk of my pastoral help 
for people was described in three words. You ready for this? Very pastoral. Get over it. Now, Gloria told me I need to soften that up a little bit, and I think I have over the years, but on the basic level, there's always that sense of sometimes we realize we just got to get over it. And you think about God speaking out of the whirlwind, God addressing Job, in a way it's almost like God is saying, God doesn't say that to so many words, but God doesn't say, Job, man, I am so sorry about everything you're going through. Look, there was this one day, everybody was coming, and the Satan came up to me, and he was going to and fro, and I told him, hey, have a crack at Job. God doesn't say that to Job. God doesn't say, Job, you know, it's going to be all right, and everything is going to be fine. No. Really, the only thing we understand about God is God speaks from the whirlwind, is that God is a tree hugger. God, what's he talk about? Nature. He starts talking about the clouds and the lightning bolts and the water. Read the next chapter over. You know what he talks about? Hippos and crocodiles and ostriches. He talks about nature. Uh, Thank you, but that's not what I asked you, God. I'm thinking if I'm Job, what in the world are we to do with this nature talk God, that this is God's response to Job. First, let me tell you, I don't think it should should surprise us. It was Jesus teaching his disciples once about the unusefulness of worrying when he told them what? Consider the ravens. Nature! They neither sow nor reap. They have storehouse or barnyard or something like that. But God gives them everything. He said, consider the lilies. How they grow. Which Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus about the power of the Spirit. And Jesus turned Nicodemus' attention to the wind. The wind blows wherever it chooses. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. So that nature became this teaching tool for Jesus. And it's certainly this teaching tool in the book of Job as well, because that's all God talks about in the answer to Job. Does that surprise anyone? Some of y'all lying. Because if I read that over, I'm thinking, you know what? Answer me about some stuff I'm really worried about. I ain't worried about the trees. Jesus, but it's there, and we have to make sense of it. Some have suggested that maybe in Job's mind, he has become the center of his universe. Everything that's happened to Job, everything has been about why has this happened to me. In chapter 29 in particular, Job goes on this rant about everything he has done right. He's helped the poor. He's helped the widow. He's helped the orphan. He has stood as a judge amongst the people. He has done all of these things and that maybe Job sits there in the center of his world. Now God wants to remind Job that there is a great vast world all around you. And that 
the invitation is to live into that world again. Live into that world that I have created, Job. As God is talking about all these things, I, I find it very comical. Surely you know, Job, how the foundations of the earth were formed, right? But there's this world around us that God has created there, I think, to teach us and to remind us and to show us. And in that world that we pay attention to, we can see the awesomeness of God. We can see God teaching us. We can see God reminding us. We don't have to feel like God hasn't shown up to the meeting because God is the one who gave us the meeting space to begin with. God is willing to do that. God is willing to be here with us. Y'all with me? Golly, because if I were sitting where you were sitting, but so it is with us. So it is with us. The truth for us is that God does speak. God is willing to face us, willing to join us, willing to speak. is willing to be the one when everybody else seems like they've gone willing to be the one to remain with us and God gives answers sometimes but you and I both know in life sometimes we don't have answers we certainly don't have cookie cutter answers that we think would be easy for us but maybe not having answers is a big part of having faith having faith in the God that surrounds us. Having faith in the God that we can look out this window and see at work. We can see God at work in nature. We can see God at work in the world around us. Maybe more and more we can begin to see God at work in us. So as God's people, let us pray that God would indeed show up speak to us. Let's pray. Oh, gracious God, we trust that you are here with us. We trust that we are only here by your calling. We trust, God, that you know us, you know everything about us, and that you love us anyway. Forgive us, God, when we've leaned too much on our own understanding or in our own uh, ways even, and help us to live into the freedom of serving you and loving you. As we look at the world around us, help us to be assured of your presence and of your willingness to speak to us your truth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.